Oh wow, this is beautiful out here. Let's check on this chicken. Smells good. Woo, looks good. Hey, what's going on? I didn't know you were listening over there. How's it going? Welcome to Gordon Speaks. We're just a variety show that talks about various topics, man, ranging from music to horror movies to cultivation to travel to quantum physics. I have various guests and uh, all sorts of different segments that are guaranteed <laughs> to ignite your auditory and imaginative senses. If you like to laugh, if you like to smile, if you dig some variety in your life, come on over to Gordon Speaks. Check us out. We'll be here on the dock. Peace. Somebody along the line said that the universe is not only stranger than you think, it's stranger than you can think. If you're green, you grow. If you're ripe, you rot. So I like to stay green until I'm not here anymore. Just keep learning because that's what it's all about. And welcome to the show, everybody. This is Bigfoot in the Citizen Sciences Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and I want to thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or story you would like to share with me, shoot me an email at sciencemeetsbigfoot at gmail.com, hit up the anchor.fm voice message system, or give the voicemail line a ring and leave your encounter a story there. That number is 641-715-3900 and punch in 448-449 for the extension. That's 641-715-3900, extension 448-449. Either way works, just get at me. Today, we go back to Southern California, back into the Joshua Tree National Park area, and have Jessica tell us of some hair-raising noises and experience that she had while camping out. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. 
says Bill planned on leaving the park before dark, and when she still hadn't heard from him by Friday morning, she called Rangers, who launched a search effort that's grown. An incredible story of survival. The hiker survived five days alone out in Joshua Tree. It all started on the last week of December in 2012. My mother and I were relaxing after work, watching TV, when out of the corner of my eye, I noticed movement in our hallway. When I turned to look, I noticed two shadowy light figures that appeared on our hallway wall. In disbelief of what I was seeing, I turned my head over towards my mother, and right as I did, she made eye contact with me and simply said, you see them, don't you? I said yes. She told me not to acknowledge them because they're entities that can sense fear. But in disbelief, I looked back over at the hallway wall, and they were gone. A few days had gone by, and my mother told me she felt a sense of dread and said someone in our family is going to pass away before the end of the year. Well, on New Year's Eve, 2012, my mother and I celebrated at home. We watched the movie Tron and had a pizza delivered to ring in the new year. I've always been a real mama's boy, so this was an ideal way for me to spend my New Year's Eve. Around 11 p.m. that night, we saw the two figures again. This time, we both experienced an overwhelming quietness and sense of urgency and dread. We both did our best to ignore it, and eventually the shadowy figures and the senses went away. We discussed the experience, and again, my mother told me to never acknowledge them. And before I could press her for more details, my mother started telling me how much I meant to her and that I would go on to do great things in my life. She loved me, etc. She then got up and walked towards the kitchen, turned around and said, I love you, then fell to the ground. I had previous EMT training and am certified in CPR, so I dialed 911 and explained to them my mother is in cardiac arrest and I needed medical assistance ASAP. I was doing CPR on my mother for nearly 20 minutes, and for anyone who's ever done CPR, it's not easy. The EMTs arrived at 11.38 p.m., and my mother was taken to the emergency room. By this time, our neighbor and friend Bonnie had rushed over to my house and drove me to the hospital. When I checked in at the front desk, I was taken to a small private room, and the head physician told me that my mother had passed away. The autopsy showed my mother suffered from a fatal heart attack, and her time of death was 11.59 p.m. on December 31, 2012. When I was taken in to see her one last time, her lips were blue, she was cool to the touch, but she was still my mom. So I just hugged her and couldn't let go for nearly 30 minutes. Thankfully, my neighbor Bonnie was there and gave me plenty of support and encouragement to leave as my mother would want me to stay strong. Fast forward to about six months after my mother died, I'd quit my job and had become a recluse. I would only leave my house to purchase groceries quickly realized how severely depressed I was and decided it was time to get away. I ended up traveling to Joshua Tree National Park and decided it would be my getaway to find some peace and closure. I notified my neighbor Bonnie not to worry that I'm just going on a day's hike and would be back by midnight. When I arrived at Joshua Tree, I parked my Jeep and entered the Lost Palms Oasis Trail. After a few hours of walking and hiking, I stopped to take a break and eat. As I finished up and looked around, nothing looked familiar, and I in fact was not on any trail. I was not too worried and felt confident I would find my way back, but as I made my way through the desert landscape that I did not recall ever passing, 
I started feeling like I was being watched. I started to panic. Then I started hearing strange growling noises, but could not determine from what direction they were coming from. It almost seemed like they were all around me. So I stood in one spot and made a 360 degree rotation. As I came to the stop, I saw something transparent, no defining shape, just a blur directly in front of me that was coming closer and closer to where I was standing. I quickly turned around and started walking faster and faster in the opposite direction and then experienced the same overwhelming quietness and sense of urgency and dread I had experienced with my mother just six months prior. Then all of a sudden, almost like a snap of a finger, daytime turned into night. I wasn't sure what was going on but knew something wasn't right. After walking around in the dark, I found myself by a large rock, about as big as a large SUV, and felt safest there put my back against the rock. This way I felt nothing would sneak up behind me. I used the night to hydrate and eat some snacks I brought. I remember trying to make sense out of what I was experiencing. but knew that my mother and I had already experienced something within our own home. But at least when I was home, I felt safe. Here, I was vulnerable and alone. As I tried to rest that night, I started seeing a number of shadowy entities walking around in the desert, almost as if they were wandering around aimlessly. It freaked me out. And the more I acknowledged them, the closer they got to me. At one time during the night, I remember feeling something breathing down my neck. Remember, my back was against a huge rock. I just closed my eyes and did my best to keep them shut. The last thing I remember about that night was opening my eyes and seeing three shadowy figures, one at each side and one directly in front of me. Then once again, in a snap, it was morning. I would experience the same weirdness two more days until the last day. On the last day of me roaming around Joshua Tree, I hadn't had any food or water since the initial first night. I was scared and dehydrated. I came upon another large rock and remembered in my EMT training that digging a hole near a rock in the desert will keep you cool and less likely to get severe sunburn. I did just that and thought to myself, I'm literally digging my own grave. By the time I laid down in the two-foot arched hole I'd made and covered my chest and legs up with dirt, I blacked out. I don't remember anything for the rest of that day or night. The next morning, I was woken by an off-duty search and rescue employee who was literally making me choke on water. I remember him saying, There are a whole lot of people out looking for you, buddy. I was picked up by helicopter and taken to Regional Medical Center in Palm Springs, California. In the days during my recovery... I saw two detectives, a number of psychiatrists, and my neighbor Bonnie, who was there at the hospital by my side 100% of the way. The detectives wanted to close the missing persons report my neighbor Bonnie made the second day I was missing, but they asked me strange questions like, was I using a flare gun in the area? No. And why had I purchased a large amount of camping gear and survival materials prior to my hike? I'm going for a hike. Strange questions to ask someone, or maybe it's just me. The physician stated he thought I was planning to kill myself due to the loss of my mother, but honestly, that never crossed my mind. The psychiatrist told me I didn't experience anything but hallucinations due to the lack of food and water and effects of dehydration. My neighbor Bonnie overheard my story and later confided in me that she too experienced similar shadowy figures when she hiked in Joshua Tree. When I arrived back home, she used sage and other new age methods to rid my house of whatever darkness was there. However, it continued all the way up until my move to Tennessee in 2014. 
by far the most aggressive was the transparent entities that were in Joshua Tree. I felt like everything was about to end when I encountered them. I've always wondered if my mother experienced more than what happened that night. I'm not sure what the hell happened those few days in Joshua Tree National Park, but from what I can remember, during the moments when daytime would turn into night in a snap, I felt like I was falling down or being suspended in midair before completely realizing what was going on. I also remember a strong urge to go to Joshua Tree. I would think about going all the time, and when I finally went, I almost felt like I was being called there by something. My sister often talks about my first week living in Tennessee. She said that she felt like a demon was attached to me. One night as I slept on her couch, I woke up with her putting holy water on my head and saying a prayer over me. But I don't believe in all that. I used to. But nowadays, I have an easier time believing in alien abductions and portals rather than being followed around by a demon. But then again, who knows, right? Finally, I can tell you with 100% honesty, I experienced all of the above. I can't explain what it or what they were, but I can tell you I feel like my life was spared for some strange reason. Perhaps I didn't meet the requirements for whatever it is they need. Looking back now, I would never have gone hiking alone. But again, I remember this irresistible urge to go to Joshua Tree and would frequently feel like I was being called there. Welcome to Bigfoot and the Citizen Scientist Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and I want to thank you for being here. Uh, we got Jessie on the line today, and she's going to tell us a little bit some about some of her experiences. So say hello, Jessie. Hi. Hi, Tyler. I'm Jessie. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Jessie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm uh, 28 years old. I'm from Southern California originally, um, born and raised in Huntington Beach. And uh, let's see, at the time, now I'm living in like the UK. Um, at the time I was of my encounter, it was um, August uh, 19th, 2019. And I was a, a flight attendant at the time. Um, now I am pregnant and living in the UK. So <laughs> things have changed a bit. Okay. But um, yeah, um, I'm a camper, not usually mountains, usually desert camping. Um, a little bit of camping up north too, like in Big Sur and stuff like that. Um, beach camping, stuff like that. Um, I'm really into like surfing and skateboarding and all sorts of stuff like that. Okay, okay, way awesome. Yeah. Just seeing, just you know, I'm gonna be uh, when you're talking, I'm gonna be muting my microphone. It just gives you the floor. So okay, cool. Um, so uh, if any, what was your background or knowledge in the, on this to the subject before your experience? Um, before my experience, not a lot, really. Like I was, I would say not as much. I was more of like a skeptic, I guess, for sure. Um, when any, any, I mean, my brother would mention things and I was, I would listen to him kind of, but like, I was definitely more on like 
the skeptical side about anything with like Sasquatch or anything. I kind of just thought it was like goofy, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like where I was at with it. Like I didn't, with my encounter, like I didn't go into, like, I didn't think that it, oh, immediately, like what's out here, what's going on? Like, is that Sasquatch? You know, it wasn't like that at all. After my encounter is when I started thinking, wow, this, this, could have this must have been something else kind of thing you know okay okay um approximately when and where did did your uh, encounter sighting take place yeah so basically it was summer of 2019 um living out in southern california like we would go basically like me and my best friend at the time we would go out and like you know, we would be at the beach all day and we'd be like, oh, should we go camp? Like, let's go, let's go drive out to Joshua Tree for the night, mm-hmm. you know? So basically, yeah, it was at Joshua Tree, um, Jumbo Rock Campground, actually. So it's one of the further campgrounds out there. You know, if you're familiar at all with Joshua Tree, it's pretty big, but there's a lot of different campsites and you can like J- Jumbo Rocks Campground is like, one of the ones that are it's further I don't know if it's like if you're coming in if you're coming in towards Joshua Tree like the town Mm -hmm. and you come in that way it's basically you're on the farther side you're on the farther side and so getting to Jumbo Rocks from that way it's, it's a bit of a drive for sure so um yeah that's like usually where we would go and camp and we'd kind of like park up and then um we would like go over kind of take our stuff and we would like hike over the rocks like we wouldn't hike at an actual uh campsite but we would park our car there and uh basically it was august so it's like definitely the time of year where there's not a lot of campers at all um and so let me think so we started driving out there it was last minute it was nighttime we did that like sometimes where it was nighttime let's go camp it's summertime you know um but the moon wasn't out that night so it was pretty dark and on our way out there it was kind of weird like the wildlife was like a lot at the time like there were so many coyotes running across the road like probably I think we counted like maybe seven at the time which was kind of a lot but I didn't really think anything of it I was just like whoa there's a lot going on out here right now that's kind of crazy so anyways um we get out to Jumbo Rocks park and then like um, my friend's a musician so she like brought her guitar I had like we had like our foam mats with us like some Mexican blankets to bring and uh we like hiked over the rocks and I'm pretty familiar with that area because I've like hiked out there a lot and like I know kind of like all of the big cave areas and stuff out there so I'm pretty familiar with with what's going on you know um And I'm also like, I've camped out there so many times and it's somewhere that I feel really safe. I've never felt scared out there. Like, I mean, to go out and not camp in a tent, you know, you're just camping under the stars, kind of like for me, like I have to feel very safe, not vulnerable or anything. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of what Joshua Tree has always been for me until this pretty much. So yeah, we, um, we go and hike over the rocks. Um, we're not like crazy far from the car, but far enough to where, you know, if anything went down, we would have to kind of pick up and run. 
And so uh, we're out there. And I think we like maybe brought some chocolate with us. My friend was playing music and um, it was just, it was really nice night, but it was super dark. And I, I've only kind of camped out there maybe when it's, when the moon has been out a little bit, but there was like no moon. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of animals out there that night, like everywhere. Like if you flashed your light, you would just see like little eyes everywhere. You know, it was crazy. Like, yeah. So you'd see like little eyes and, you know, there's fox out there. There's all sorts of little animals, but we, I wasn't scared or anything. Um, so basically, uh, we were out there for a while my friends playing music and, um, yeah, it's getting later. So she starts going to bed and I'm still kind of just looking at the stars, relaxing. And, uh, yeah, I, everything seemed fine. And then kind of all of a sudden, like, I hear this sound that I honestly like can't explain, you know, I'm like, I know the animals that are out here. Like, there's no, I mean, it sounded like a beast and it came from, I know that there's some really big kind of deep caves out there. Um, and it, it like echoed, it echoed through like the, the Canyon area kind of that we were at. Um, and it sounded like something was between like something being in distress or something mating. I don't know. But um, we got up quickly and started bailing quick. It felt like forever <laughs> sitting in that moment. Like the sound was, I don't even, it's so hard to explain. It's just like my husband asked, like, how did it sound? And I'm just like, I can't even like tell you how it sounds. It's just so deep and like beastly sounding. Um, not like a bear, not like a mountain lion, not like anything I've ever heard. And Joshua Tree doesn't have, it's not like the mountains where maybe there's more big animals. Like there, it's, there's not a lot out there. Not a lot can survive out there even. So it was, it was crazy sounding and so, so loud. Um, and I had never listened to any like Sasquatch sounds before or anything. So none, none, nothing like that like went through my mind when I heard this. Um, so I instantly, we both instantly were very, very scared. Um, and it was so stupid because since we're so comfortable um, camping out there, basically um, we had a lot of stuff with us. Like I felt like we had too much stuff with us. And I'm like, I was almost scared enough to like leave all of our stuff and just run. But at the same time, it, we just grabbed, like I had a pretty big foam mattress thing that I brought with me like a topper thing and I was like why do I have all this stuff with me like you know but it, the thing is is like that just goes to show I felt safe out there it was fine to like you know load up like it's like your bedroom out there um and it wasn't it also wasn't like my first time I've slept under the stars out there it was like I've slept out there several times so yeah um so basically we grabbed our stuff and like bailed like I, like it was scary to see my friend not scared too because she's just so not like that and she was like we have to get out of here so we ran back to our car basically and um we kind of like like kind of sat there and listened to see if we could hear it and once you're kind of at the campsite you feel a bit safer you know um there was really no campers though there was maybe like 
a couple of cars in that campsite and like jumbo rocks campground is like pretty big so for there not to be like there was not a lot of people out there so wouldn't it made sense if there was if animals were more cruising around and stuff because just not as much you know fear for them for people or whatever so anyways we get back to the car and um my friend's car is pretty small so we're like we're not gonna sleep in this car so we just decided to sleep in the tent basically and uh I felt a lot safer sleeping in a tent and I was all right with that. But um, yeah, pretty much after that, slept in tent. My friend didn't sleep all night. I fell asleep. <laughs> I was scared, but I think the adrenaline that I felt, I was tired. I was like, I got to get some sleep. So I got a couple, couple hours of sleep. And yeah, like um, on the way home, basically the next morning, nothing happened through the night, thankfully. You know, you just, you never know. But like, I'm a Christian and I was praying to God all night pretty much. And um, so, yeah, I was just like asking for protection and stuff because you don't know what's out there. And um, yeah, so anyways, we, uh, yeah, on our way home the next morning, got a coffee and we were talking a little bit, driving home and I'm, you know, on my phone trying to play different animal sounds. Like I'm going through every single mountain lion sound there is because that's the only big animal that I know that's out there. Um, nothing sounded like this thing. I'm like, a mountain lion is nothing compared to what this was, whatever it was. And, uh, I'm going through the sounds, like everything, nothing sounded like that. And like, and there was one sound, maybe it was of a mountain lion mate, mating or something. And my friend's like, yeah, that kind of sounded like it. And I'm like, nope, that was not it at all. It was so much more quiet and stuff. And, um, yeah, so I, I was kind of like, it kind of was left at that between her and I, and we didn't talk about it much after that. Like it would come up sometimes, but yeah. So basically after that, I had told like my parents what happened and then my brother found out what happened. And I kind of was like, it, it almost sounds like something else. And that's kind of when I kind of started digging into, you know, what is Sasquatch? and then listening to different encounters and um, some of the sounds that I've heard from encounters and things like that. And what people have talked about is sounded so similar to, you know, what, what I experienced. Um, but yeah, pretty much up until my encounter, I didn't think that it could have been anything else, but an animal, like, you know what I mean? Like an animal that we know of. And so after this, I was like that, I think that it was, it was a Sasquatch. And I started researching like, you know, that area, Joshua Tree, Yucca Valley, 29 Palms. And I started researching and I, I only really came across like a couple of older encounters pretty much um, of like military guys and uh, things like that. So until I came across Tyler's uh, podcast and I saw that he posted the other day and I was like, sweet, what the heck? finally like some another encounter out there because I think there's more um but yeah I think that the reason that people kind of shut down if they do have something that happens to them is because you know like I told I was re-talking to my friend about it like later on after I kind of had it in my head it could have been you know Sasquatch maybe um mm -hmm. and she her and her boyfriend like straight up laughed at me and made me feel like I was crazy so I I kind of like I kind of like shut down after that. I'm like, I'm not talking to anybody about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so 
so pretty much that's that's where it was left but um yeah I know it's not much of an encounter but if you were there you would have it was it was wild it was wild and super scary and I will never ever ever go and camp out in Joshua Tree on a rock if it like like that again probably honestly like I I after that I'm like nope <laughs> so yeah wow that's wow. it <laughs> Wow. So this, this, all right, the sound you heard, your, your friend clearly heard it, right? Like she was yeah, scared. She woke, she, and she's a deep sleeper. And she woke up and was like, did you just, what was that? And then I was like, something is out here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, she heard it. And you, you're familiar enough with wildlife and you, like you're saying, you're looking up all the call, different calls and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You didn't find anything anything close to what you heard right no it was like I it sounded like a monster (laughs) straight up it sounded like a monster where I'm like and you know my friend's there too so I'm not like it's this is happening this is real right like what is this you know it wasn't and I've actually even had uh mountain lion encounters too I've had like I've seen one up close before um this was different this whatever this animal was what had to have been massive like massive because of how far it sounded like it was coming from like I had almost camped in one of the caves out there stupid enough almost (laughs) and that's like it honestly sounded like it was echoing from one of those caves and it was it was loud I mean like yeah it, it must have been a massive animal I don't know but to me it's like what could it have been you know it's yeah it's wild to me I believe that it was a Sasquatch and I think that easily um they could be living out there because especially that time of year you know it's summertime there's not a lot of people that are out there like people Mm -hmm. don't go and camp out in Joshua Tree in the middle of the summer when it gets like 120 degrees out you know I just and it was just it was it was super weird I wanted to like speak about a little bit like the animals were weird how they were acting. I've never seen so many animals out there, like ever. And I don't know, maybe it's just because there wasn't a lot of people, but like, I mean, seeing like seven coyotes is crazy. Like I've seen, like, I've heard coyotes when I'm, I've been out there, but just like animals were just like running, like they were going wild that night. And I don't know if it's because they were like, they were scared or something was going on, but it felt like there was something going on out there you know, like the tension, the tension with the animals all like even, even putting my foot, my, my light up, you know, and seeing how many, like they were all there. Yeah. They were very like aware of something, something going on, you know? Well, you know, that's uh that's, that's, that's a commonly heard thing uh, um, in the the Bigfoot world of where uh, wildlife is either non-existent and dead quiet or they're all running. Yeah. Um, yeah that's and that's how it felt it was like yeah it felt like they were all trying to run away from something or there was something going on you know and the sound that this thing made it wasn't like it wasn't like a kind sound it wasn't like you know you hear some some encounters of people where it sounds kind of like you know like an like they're echoing or something or it sounds like words it wasn't like that it was like this thing was either in distress or they were pissed off something you know so yeah you it was pretty crazy. 
and you said you heard it like an echo right like almost like it was in a cave status like because there's a distinct difference that i've heard at least you know i don't know i mean it just it wasn't like an i wouldn't say i wouldn't say like an echo exactly but i just mean like the sound that it was coming from it made it echo and i don't know if it's because where we were at um if you're familiar with jumbo rocks at all and you get into the park basically and you park on one of the left campsites and you go and hike over there like there's like rock climbers will go and climb those rocks there's some really big rocks on the left side if you're familiar like the biggest kind of I think some of the highest rocks in um in Joshua Tree um and it was just I guess echoing out of something it just sounded very much like the sound was coming you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um so I don't know if it would if it's like you know I don't mean it in a way of like echoing, like, you know, but, it just, but just, it just, yeah. Did, did it have like that reverberating hollow sound? Is that kind of like what you mean by echoing? Maybe. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I don't know if it's just cause it was hitting off the rocks and it just sounded so loud for where we were at. It was so loud, like where it's like, this is, this is crazy. It sounded, it sounded like, yeah, just so, so loud where it's like, if this gets any, like, that's why we were leaving so quick because it was so loud. And it's like, how yeah. close is this thing, you know, but it sounds really big. And, um, but we sat there and like, at first I was like, yeah, I, we didn't even know what it was, but we sat there and listened for a second before we got up and we were like, kind of the adrenaline like settled in. And then we were like, mm-hmm. okay, fight or flight, gotta go, gotta go, you know? Dang. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wild. <laughs> uh, if if but, you uh, could, if if you can remember, um, if you can even describe it, can you can you describe the the pitch of what you heard? Was it just a straight? It was like. So it was super super deep, and like, actually, my husband was like asking, talking to me today because he knew I, I was going to talk to you today, and he was like, "So, like, can you say the sound?" And I'm like, "It's just like, like that." <laughs> like deep oh. and like intense very yeah. like, deep. like uh like in distress deep you okay. know what I mean like um and that's why I was like almost like a deep distressful moan like very uh, like hmm. where you're like this is the boogeyman <laughs> like you know what I mean like what is this I do not yeah. want to be here this is something this is like and I mean you know in a lot of senses it like is you know, you hear a lot of like scary encounter, uh, like Bigfoot encounters and stuff. And it's like, kind of is like a monster in some senses. I know people have good yeah. encounters and stuff, but you know, it's still a beast that we don't know a mm-hmm. whole lot about and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was just very, uh, that's what scared me. Cause it sounded like, it sounded more in distress at first. I was like, is it, is it an, a, like, it sounds like a beast mating between mating and like being in distress and scared or not scared, but like, like, um, hurt or something. Okay. Okay. So, so it wasn't so much a get out of my area as you took it. It was more of a, well, other than being scared, obviously it was more Mm -hmm. of a, like a, I could hurt maybe is what I'm gathering. Yeah. Yeah. Like whether, I don't know if it just, cause I feel like if it knew that we were there, it would have like uh, we would have it, we would have heard it coming or something um yeah. but it sounded like it was in the same spot and it was staying there and it was just yeah it sounded very much like in distress 
for sure. Unless, yeah, you know, it's like, and it's like, you don't, we don't know what these things, you know, what it sounds like when they're in distress or what it sounds like when they're like mating or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, um, didn't sound like it was doing all right. That's for sure. You know, it was very loud. Well, okay. What, uh, what effects, if any, have you experienced since, since you heard, I mean, have you had, did you have any issues sleeping the next night? Do you have any Um, nightmares? No, 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 I was, I was okay. Um, I didn't, I mean, it's been a little while. That was last, that was August, 2019. And I didn't talk about it a lot, but now I'm like, okay to talk about it or whatever, but mostly because, you know, yeah, it was super scary, but at the time, you know, I think it makes a big, uh, maybe it makes a difference if you're like a skeptic, like I didn't, when it happened, I didn't, um, like believe in Bigfoot really at all. Um, and then it started after kind of pretty much after that, I was a flight attendant for six years. And so pretty much after that, I basically would listen to, uh Bigfoot podcasts like all the time and hear people like people's stories because I was like I want to know like am I crazy like because my my friend doesn't think that this is something she didn't want to talk about it anymore and she was like it was a mountain lion it was a mountain lion and it was very much like she didn't want to talk about it more you know and I was like I never heard and we went through all the sounds on the way home and and of different mountain lions lion calls and um you know, I never heard anything. There was nothing that matched it. Um, so yeah, I mean, kind of after that, I just started listening to more podcasts and kind of trying to research, um, the area. And if anybody had any encounters out there, and like I said, there was really, there's only like older encounter encounters and stuff. So I was, I was kind of like, maybe it wasn't anything, but I knew that it was something more than then I, cause there was no, there's no explanation for it, you know? And that was kind of the biggest thing where it's like, well, what was this? There's not an explanation. Um, this wasn't a cat. This was literally like a beast of an animal and a, something big. So, um, yeah, but I, no, no problem sleeping or anything like that. Um, if anything, it just kind of was the thing to spark my, uh, it, where I'm not a skeptic anymore, you know? um yeah so you know oftentimes you know I tell everyone oftentimes especially in an unknown situation like what you're describing it's Mm -hmm. best it's your gut knows what's up if your gut tells you it's this and you need to leave then it's that and you need to leave (laughs) you know totally uh, I, I believe it comes down to uh, our ancestors back in the day, I believe that these things or Gigantopithecus, one of the two or something was around and we automatically had that instinct kick in mm-hmm. um, uh, to where we know that we're in danger. And there's not yeah. a lot of things on this earth to that, that trigger that. I think uh, close encounter bear and cougar are the only two things I can think of in the Pacific Northwest that you would feel that. Mm-hmm. So, and you would hear, see, and and you would know both of those situations when they were at you. So yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. That's uh, definitely daunting. If you could experience it again, would you, would you? I don't think so. No. I mean, if I could maybe hear the sound again, maybe, but mm-hmm. like also at the same time, 
like the sound stuck in my head so good that like I don't need to experience it again (laughs) and if I wanted to go out to Joshua Tree again and go sleep under the rocks out there when you know on uh kind of like low season basically where there's no people out there hardly I don't know I just it was spooky it was really spooky I don't I I'm not (laughs) I'm not super interested in having that happen again that's for sure because I was it was like probably the most scared I had been for sure um I've had other experiences like in life but that was like one of the top first by by far yeah yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to dig into your brain deep and try (laughs) to remember little tiny details about that night so do you remember the temperature or uh, the time of night that it happened it happened super late at night like I think I'm trying to think because we drove out there at night uh wait I actually I have well I have a photo and I took a photo before I went tried to go to sleep um but I don't know if I can one second uh yeah I can't I can't get to it um but I think it probably was like 2 a.m or later for sure um and I was super, super uneasy that night. That's the only thing I could say. Um, like I said, I'm not super scared person. Like I've slept out there that same area, like several times, you know, and like we would go out there and like go sleep on the rocks and bring, like, I'm not a big drinker. We'd bring like soda and like candy and all sorts, which is so stupid. If you think about it, like, bringing all types of junk and going and sleeping in nature and falling asleep with candy all around you. Like I have done that several times out there. So I wasn't scared to go sleep out there, but that night I was, I don't know, my attentions were like, I was like very much, uh, alert and, um, I wasn't relaxed (laughs) at all. Like I was very, I just felt like something was going on. Just the ant, like, I just felt like the animals, how they were acting alone kind of freaked me out just because I've never seen. And then also like when, if you go and camp out there, like the moon, if you go camp out there when the moon is full or not even full, if the moon's out, you can pretty much go on a hike at night. Right. And it was so dark out there that like, that was also weird. It was very dark. So like, honestly like if if the moon would have been out like an animal like a like Bigfoot couldn't be like roaming around without it getting spotted easier you know what I mean so it was like really like the perfect night for something to be cruising around and not be seen you know yeah and especially you know like there is a lot of caves and stuff out there and uh like cool air kind of areas that you can get cooler in and stuff um me and my husband like uh this was this was like longer I think this was like three years ago we almost even went and slept we almost camped or camped out in one of the it's not exactly a cave it's like you're in between two super super high rocks and we were gonna go sleep out there actually so I really know like the area I've hiked all kind of around there and cruised all around there so I'm like very familiar with the area um but yeah it just that night that night felt really off, you know? Um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't, I wasn't calm or anything. And I don't know if it's like, it wasn't me. I don't think I felt like it was like the tension. There was something going on out there. That's for sure. So. Gotcha. 
yeah that was that was that was my next question was about the moon but it sounds like it was it was an it was an overcast night it sounds like right some cloud cover over the moon so no so it wasn't overcast but the the moon was really really small and it it didn't rot it wasn't rising like i think that maybe it started rising once we were like bailing but it was not a lot of light at all like i mean it felt like there was like no moon at all that whole night pretty much Gotcha. So yeah, it was very, very dark. Um, there was still stars though. There was, it wasn't overcast or anything, but yeah, okay. it was, it was very, very dark and yeah, it can be like, it can be like, feel like daylight out there if the moon's out. So yeah, it was de- definitely different. The, the cave, the cave kind of, I've always kind of pushed that off to like, yeah, that's just people's theories and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Until I just saw, and I, I have, I've done no investigation on this, so I'm not mm-hmm. saying this is credible or anything, but I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, if you have seen in any of the Facebook groups, this photographer just took a picture um, mm-hmm. uh, in a cave and caught a whole uh, bunch of creatures in it with just glowing eyes. And I'll, yeah. I'll pull, it, pull up on my uh, share screen here in a second. Let's see if you can see it. Can you see what's going on? Can you see my screen? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you go. So for the listeners, I'll just read this. Yeah. It says, have, have, you, have, you, have you seen this picture? No, I haven't. Okay. It says, this photo is said to have been taken by photographer Oren Jeffries while he was exploring some unmapped area of the Grand Caverns in Virginia. Jeffries liked to use exposure technique to catch anything without any light whatsoever. While he was setting up for his snaps, he heard something in the distance which spooked him. He set off one of his blishit flashes, however you say that word, Mm. he used for taking traditional photos underground and ran. In a later interview he gave to a local newspaper, he said that he saw, quote, humanoid, figures looking back at him. A few days after that, he went back with a few friends to retrieve his box camera, which had this picture recorded inside of it. And to the listeners, if you go on my YouTube page and watch this interview, you can look at this picture right now, and I will also post it on the Facebook profile or a Facebook group. But uh, is uh, this is the photo that was, that was captured. Oh, oh dang. Call it fake, call it real authentic uh the background i don't know anything about the yeah. photographer i know nothing about um this picture it looks is. like it could be authentic but it's yeah. 2021 so yeah it's knows. pretty wild though i mean you know because especially uh, with the outline of like kind of the weird person kind of outline yes on the, on especially the right. yeah there's uh the humanoid figure on the right hand side yeah and you can almost it looks like you can almost make out like a white line that's possibly a streak or his mouth but yeah you can clearly see two glowing eyes right there yeah down below totally. and to the left yeah there is a figure right here which you can't really see mm-hmm. it's like maybe it's or maybe it's just a shadow um so so we, we can say there's three figures in this picture that you can yeah for sure uh it's been a it's been a lot of people's uh assumption that they stay in caves so i mean i well if you think about it depending on like i guess where you're at or where 
where the encounter is at or whatever but like somewhere you know maybe where he I don't know where that picture was taken but it's like sometimes that's all you can that's the only place that's like viable for living you know is a cave you know so who knows my computer is freaking out on me sorry give me one second (laughs) it's what let me get back um i need to upgrade my my computer um so (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know like just you know somewhere somewhere like the desert where i was at you know there's not a lot of places to live for 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 something like bigfoot and the thing is is like you know from joshua tree there are so many different like even you were talking about on your last on your pot on your last podcast like there are so many different um mountain ranges and just so there's so much room for animals to roam so you know whether they migrate I don't really know but um there isn't a lot for for uh something that big to like you know hide out and stuff but out there in the heat of the summer they could totally hang out in a cave you know where there's not a lot of people there's not a lot of people hiking out there at that time you know, and then maybe they bail and they go to the mountains, you know, however many miles away, you know, over, over when you get out of the desert a little bit, but I mean, it's, it's a clear shot. You can just go straight from, I think you can pretty much go straight from Joshua tree cruise over by, you know, Palm Springs, but, and just keep going. And then there's mountain ranges, right? Yeah. 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 So they can, I mean, yeah. I'm looking it up on the map right now. Um, yeah, because if if any if any of the stories are are accurate to their speed, their endurance, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, it's uh, it's highly feasible that they're trekking from the wooded areas to the desert. Yeah. Highly, highly feasible. So. Yeah, and if there if there's not a like you know, when you're in the mountains more, even, even in that area, um, there's like other animals that are trying to eat food too. So maybe like going out to the desert for them is easier to get food. I don't know, but the animals definitely out there that night seem super sketched out. Like something was after them, to be honest. And there's a lot of coyotes out there. Um, but it was the most I've ever seen, like running across the road, like, like my friend almost hit like two of them when we were driving. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of wild just because there hasn't been that many, um, encounters out there. So I'm curious, you know, just as time goes on, if there will be more, you know, or if it's just kind of more of a rare thing, I don't know. So uh, I'm seeing here um, Sheep, Hole, Sheep Hole Valley Wilderness. Are you familiar with that area? Um, I've heard of it. I'm not familiar, okay. but I've heard of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that the Joshua Tree area you're talking about, I, um, it is a lot of pure desert. Yeah. But, and, I, and I don't know if people on that are watching this can see this, how well it's going to pick up. No, it's not going to pick up at all. Mm. So it's probably... As the crow flies 20 miles yeah. approximately from the desert to the trees. Yeah. So 
you pick 20 miles, I mean, that's good. That would take a human. How long? So you get somewhat something that's averaged eight to 10 mm-hmm. feet. And yeah. that, yeah, that's no time at all. <laughs> it's no time. Yeah, especially with how you, how, how like a lot of people say that they, they can go super quick, you know, like, yes. you know, like you've even said, um, yeah. So you just don't know how quick they can get around. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. And all the, to the listeners, you go, you go on uh, Google maps, whatever mapping system you use, you just type in Joshua tree national park and you can see how close to desert palm or palm desert indigo mm-hmm. palm springs. Oh, it's Indio. Is it Indio? Is that how you and like, it? Oh uh, yeah. Another thing. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, a lot of people think Palm Springs, they think, you know, hotels, stuff like that. But like Palm Springs is super small. And um, a lot of the time, like I'd go out with my friends, we'd like in the kind of more high seat, high time where like the campgrounds were all full. We will, we would go and camp out on the other side of Joshua Tree, Cotton, Cottonwood Heights, it, or sorry, I think it's like Cottonwood something. Um, and it's like on the other opposite side. So basically more towards um, Palm Springs side of things. And okay. uh, we would go and camp out in the BLM area and um, super, super flat. There's like, there's like mountains and stuff, but it's like really flat. It's all free. It's, you know, borough land management. Um, so we'd camp out there for free. And then um, during the day we would go to like, uh, there's like Talkwitz Canyon and it's kind of touristy and stuff, but I will say there are like full on like goats that are like mountain goats. And I've like seen them like cruise down to take like a drink of water and stuff. And there's like a waterfall there. So it's just like, even, and that's like kind of like a little bit of a protected area, but even that, like when you go, if you ever go on that hike over there, um, we would go and like, you know, on a hot day after being camp out in BLM land, go hit Talkwitz waterfall and we'd go swim in the waterfall, whatever. It's kind of lame because you have to pay and stuff, but like they do it because, you know, to keep everything clean and everything, but it's like very big and vast. And there's like huge, you know, huge mountains right around there. So it's just like, I mean, there's like full on uh, mountain goats, you know, so it just goes to show there's, there's eaten out there for, for animals, you know, Um, and just there's, there's a lot. Yeah. There's, a lot, a lot of land, you know, so much different than, um, you know, cities and suburbs and stuff like that. There's a lot of room. So even though it's hot and very, you know, vast and desolate, there's still those nooks and crannies where things can live, I believe. I'm completely in agreement with you. <laughs> so what do you, uh, your personal belief, uh, I know you've been doing quite a bit of research since your experience. What do you think Bigfoot is? See, I like, it's like part of me believes that it's like an animal that has just been like very well hidden for a long time. And yeah, part of me believes that, but then like another part of me believes that it is an animal and then like that the government like knows about it and stuff and they're like keeping it from everyone, you know, um, I, I def I mean, I do believe that the government knows about it for sure. Um, but then you hear about, you know, people's encounters where, you know, where it's like, is it like 
extraterrestrial is it like alien or something too mixed in there just because like some of that stuff is weird too so so I don't know I kind of been like a little bit out of a crossroad where I kind most most of me just thinks it's an animal that's just like never went extinct and has been hidden super well for a long time and like maybe it's because the government like and maybe they're super smart and that they're like they know that people will like mess with them if they find out you know what I mean um yeah so I'm kind of like that pretty much I don't know but then you hear you do hear stories about um more like weird like the orb and stuff like that you hear about that and you're like oh like is it something more mm-hmm. um but yeah I don't know I don't know it who knows but yeah I kind of I would say I'm a bit more towards it is just I do think it kind of is more of an animal that has yeah has just been super great at keeping hidden for the most part yeah well from the yeah. famous from the famous words of Wes Grimmer there's no right or wrong answer and you could be right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah there's there's so many different theories there's highly credible people that have come on and and their encounter ranges throughout the entire gambit so mm-hmm. who's to know what they are I, yeah. I'm, just, I, I'm always curious to see what people think so totally yeah yeah definitely well jesse i want to thank you for coming on today you had one thank crazy you. of an you had one crazy of an experience um i hope <laughs> thank you i hope, I hope you never, i hope you never stop digging into it yeah it's it's I think things like, you know, you even making this podcast, you know, and getting the word out there more, um, cause I was a full on skeptic and I, uh, <laughs> would never think that I would go, you know, on a podcast and tell my story. And I was super nervous. Um, and yeah, I'm just super not like that, but you know, with, with more podcasts like this and stuff, I think people are, will be more open to sharing their encounters and stuff like that. So yes. thank you yes, for having absolutely. me on. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you, there's always, uh, I, I've always, people always just kind of take, take it as a joke, but if people are serious about it, there's always, there's a lot of uh, cryptid, but specifically Bigfoot museums out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawrence Coleman has one, Cliff Berrickman has one out near me. And uh, a lot of those, uh, in fact, I'll be doing an episode within the next couple months uh, with Cliff, interviewing Cliff and uh, doing a virtual tour of his museum. Awesome. So, yeah, make sure you guys keep an eye out for that. But uh, there's so much evidence to, to and yeah. uh, Cliff's museum, they just added a hoaxing um, piece up. So they got Ray Wallace's actual plompers on display, and oh my gosh, yes, it's very. And they show you the difference between a, a authentic print versus a fake print. Like it's easily, mm-hmm. easily findable. So, you guys, uh, everybody should go check those out if if there's near if there's one near you. Um, each of those also have a website you can go on and look at what they have there. So, go check those out. So Jesse, I want to thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you so much. I hope I hope your 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 learning about the subject uh, <laughs> always continues. You never stop because there's so much to learn about it. So definitely. Thank you so much, Tyler. Thanks, and we'll talk to you soon.
And that's all I have for you today. I want to thank Jessie for having the courage to come on and share her experience. I know from experience how hard it can be to talk about these types of things and how it's even harder to come on to a public forum and share with the world. So thank you for your courage and strength to retell your story. It might just help someone out there that listens to this. It was a true honor and even more of a privilege that you chose Bigfoot and the Citizen Scientist podcast for your very first ever interview. I'm sure I speak for the audience when I say that was eerie and an unforgettable story. I know whenever I'm in Southern California, the Southern California hominid stories is all I'm going to be thinking about. Please be sure to keep us up to date on anything new you experience or learn. We're all in this together. So if you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it around. Around the dinner table, in your next Zoom meeting, shout it out from the mountaintops. I don't care how you share it, just share away. The interview you just heard can be found on the Bigfoot and the Citizen Scientist Podcast YouTube page, so make sure to subscribe, hit that thumbs up button, hit that thumbs up button, and also that bell notification to stay up to date. So in closing, love yourself, love others, be kind, be safe, and until next time.
Gaste 